Welcome back to the Phoenix and the Chief. I'm Sergeant Stanford, sitting with General Walker and Chief Chaddock, aka Phoenix and Chief. Today, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to be covering COVID-19 and how that is affecting our mission here. Chief will be asking the Phoenix a slew of questions we all want the answers to. So sit back and get ready for a lot of information, folks. Take it away, Chief. Hey, General Walker, thanks for this opportunity to talk to you. I really want to open this up and uh, get from the horse's mouth, the commander's intent and your thoughts on this COVID-19. So I'm just going to go ahead and lead off with this uh, question right here. What is COVID-19, sir? Thanks, Chief. COVID-19 is the novel coronavirus disease of 2019, or COVID-19. It's a virus, and it's similar to the flu, but it is not the flu. But we do prevent it like the flu, and we treat it like the flu. And the, the reason why this is really important is this thing spreads really quickly and we don't have a vaccine for it. The reason why this is so important is, and why we're taking so many precautions, is so that we don't have a situation where we have a lot or all of us infected with it at the same time. Why is everyone reacting so strongly to a virus that is just like the flu? That's actually a really good question. Because we don't have a vaccine and because it spreads so quickly, Imagine if everybody on the camp were to get the flu in the same week. So at that point, it's going to be really hard or we're not going to be able to project combat air power. We're going to have a hard time defending the base. And how do we take care of the whole base when the whole base is sick? So our preventative measures really play a factor here so that we can prevent this from getting onto our camp. And then if it does come onto our camp... How we react to it very proactively is super important. Sir, since you mentioned our preventive measures, what can I do to prevent my chances of be, being infected? The, the most important thing that everybody does is wash their hands. That is really it. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Limit interpersonal contact. Back at, at home, they're calling this social distancing. Okay, you can call it whatever you want. Stay six feet away from your buddies. That's what I call it. And if you do those things, but really, I got a foot stomp. Wash your hands. And wash your hands, it's not just washing your hands after you go to the bathroom and before you eat a meal. It's washing your hands periodically throughout the day. So let's just say that I feel a little sick and feverish. What should I do if I feel sick and feverish? This is also really important. Just like you would do if you were sick back at home station, what would you do? You'd tell your supervisor, you'd go to the, to the clinic or to the hospital, on base. Do the same thing here. Tell your supervisor and then go to the med group hospital tent. Tell the medics and they're going to walk you through the process. So this, there's a little bit of fear with this COVID-19. What will happen to me if I contract COVID-19? So the, physically it's going to be a lot like the flu. You probably have, I think common symptoms are you have shortness of breath or a little bit of trouble breathing and you have a fever. The actions that we'll take is when you get into the hospital, into the hospital tent, they'll screen you. And once they get through their, with their screening, if you're a presumptive positive for this, they'll put you into an isolation. So what that means is they're going to put you into a tent so that on the off chance that you do have the virus, that you're not around other people who don't have the virus. And that just limits the spread of it. So we're being, out of our preponderance of caution, we're being super cautious here 
And so it would be a separate block of tents that basically would keep you away from an opportunity to spread the virus to other people on the camp. With all that said about the virus and the spreading of the virus, who is most at risk of serious consequences due to this particular virus? Children under the age of five and adults over the age of 65. It's also people with compromised immune systems. So think about somebody who has heart problems or somebody who's recently gone through chemotherapy or somebody who has just recovered from pneumonia. So there's a compromised immune system already. That makes them more susceptible to a a serious infection as part of this COVID-19 scenario. When will we get a vaccine for COVID-19? That's a great question. The short answer is we don't know. There isn't one right now. But I'll bet you, if I know American capitalists, I'll bet you there are hundreds if not thousands of people working 24 hours a day to try to figure this out. And I'll bet you they'll break the code here uh, shortly. Here's a tough question. How do we know that the food and the water that we have and we're, we're using won't infect us? There's no evidence or reason to suspect that COVID-19 is a food or waterborne illness. It actually is a droplet illness. So the, the threat there is from personal contact. I'll get back to that in a sec. Back to the cooking food. We have this really comprehensive system of public health professionals. And what they do is they're kind of like QA for the defect to make sure that all the food and water is, is tested regularly and ensure that it's safe. An example. You've got to properly cook all of the food to a specific temperature to kill all the viruses and and bacteria in the food. And these guys make sure that that happens. But back to the real threat. The real threat comes from the people that we come into contact with day to day. This is a person-to-person transmitted virus. And that's why that the number one thing that people can do is make sure that you're washing your hands, you're not touching your face, and you're limiting the contact that you have with other human beings. All right, sir, two-part question here for you. Can we test individuals for COVID-19? And if not, why do we treat folks like they have COVID-19? Yeah, so we cannot test for COVID-19 on PSAM. But we do have this process of isolation. So the incubation period for the COVID-19 is 14 days. That also goes to if there's a presumptive positive, that would be a 14-day isolation period. The reason why we do that 14-day isolation period is because if you did have the virus, the virus would have run its course. And after the virus runs its course, you are no longer at risk of transmission. The reason why we're being, so let's say I got a fever and I have a cough and a little bit of a shortness of breath and I don't feel good, and I go and I see the doc, and the doc says, hey, you might have COVID-19. I go, okay, that means I'm probably going to go into isolation. The doc says, yes. I do two weeks in isolation. Part of that is because we can't test. Part of it is is out of an abundance of caution to make sure that if somebody does have it, it doesn't spread. All right, so let's talk about a little bit of spreading. How long does COVID-19 last on surfaces? So there's some ambiguity in the real answer on that, meaning that there isn't a hard and fast number, but I would hang my hat on two hours. So what does that mean? In practical application, that means if you're washing your hands, if you're distancing, and if you're cleaning up surfaces, every couple hours through the day, you're going to be good to go. 
Okay, sir, here's your big one. Travel question. When can we leave PSAP? Yeah, so I'm afraid, Chief, that there are going to be more unanswered questions here than there are answered questions. You know, we're kind of at the end of the whip. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, they're calling the shots back in the United States. The Department of Defense is calling the shots, and that gets implemented through CENTCOM and through AFCENT to us. We also have host nation restrictions and other nation restrictions as we're talking about folks coming from, let's say they're deploying here from Ramstein, or let's say they're trying to get back to the United States. There's a whole transportation system thing that has to play out. The short answer is I don't know how it's going to play out. So we're all going to have to be really flexible as we do this. And here's some mitigation just in how we think about this. We're over here for a really important mission. And we need to stay focused on this mission. And I know that this COVID-19 thing is a great big emotional event, especially if we talk about extending people if and when replacements are going to show up. This is a great time for us to focus on the mission. You know, at the time of this recording, just a couple of hours ago, I landed from a mission where I was providing overwatch for a patrol of Americans who were outside the wire uh, in the combat zone. That's not going to stop. We have a super important mission as we're projecting combat power and protecting Americans in combat zone here. So I I ask for everybody, you know, there's a lot of smart things that we're going to do here as we prevent the spread or even this virus. We may be completely clean here. It may never happen. We may never have to react onto the base. But if it does, we need to react very quickly and very smartly. And the reason why that's so important is we still have that really big and really important combat mission that we have to do because other people are dependent on us. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, sir, for allowing me to ask these questions. Over to you, Sergeant Sam. That was a lot of information. Thank you, sir, for clarifying a lot of things I know a lot of us were wondering about. As we get more information regarding COVID-19 and how it's affecting us here, we will share it on our social media, so keep your ears to the ground. Remember, guys, feedback and man-in-the-sand questions are always welcome. Stay tuned for the next episode, Wednesday, March 25th. Until next time, you stay sandy, peace out, and stay healthy.